Welcome to Nostalgia, your favorite pop culture podcast where we have deep conversations about superficial things. I'm Nicole, your host, and each week we unlock core memories from the 90s, 2000s, and beyond while examining the past through a contemporary lens. Our guests are pop culture tastemakers who explore how our formative experiences shape how we see the world. We talk about trends, fashion, music, identity, consumer behavior, societal attitudes, and more. Nostalgia is a reminder of how our individual and collective memories make us feel like we belong. And if you like Nostalgia, be sure to follow, subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend who loves pop culture as much as we do. Plus, we have a lot of fun. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Nostalgia. I have Sean here with me today and I'm excited because like me, he loves all things 90s and he is from a town that has more cows than people in Missouri. So we are going to play Rent or Return Southern US Movie Edition, 90s Movie Edition. So welcome. Thank you for having me. What an honor. I mean, I love your your podcast so and, and your Instagram and everything, so... Very, very honored to be a part of this. Thank you so much. So like I mentioned, and like you told me, you are from a small town. How small are we talking? I mean, it, it's kind of weird because in, in like, I, I watch a lot of those uh, true crime documentaries. So they'll be like, oh, they were from a very small town. So I'm like, oh, I'd like to look and see what it is. And it's like 15,000 people. So my town is probably about 8,800. Um, there's a lot of smaller towns around us that are like 200 people, but... 8,800 is pretty small. I mean, you know pretty much about what's going on with anybody in town. I'm from a very suburban place in Connecticut where there's about like 40,000 people, I would say. Maybe it's gotten a little bit more since then. But even even then, it's still considered a town rather than a city. And even my high school graduating class, I think, was... 523 people or something like that. That's a lot of people. I mean... Mine, I think, was like a hundred something, not even that. And I couldn't imagine when I see like movies like uh, She's All That and they're so giant. It's just like, how does everyone know everyone or, you know, most people? It's, it's just nuts to me that did you know most of the people that you graduated with? Like, can you say, oh, that's Sheila. Oh, hey, Ben. Or... Yeah, I personally knew a lot of people, but I think that's just like my nature. Like I would always, yeah, yeah, I Mm -hmm. would always just say hello to people or be curious about what people were doing or, okay. It's actually funny because I went to, there were maybe eight elementary schools and I went to the largest one. And so depending on, you know, your school zone or whatever from elementary school, you, you would go to one of two separate middle schools. And I had moved when I was in like right before third grade. So I was going to the different middle school than I was supposed to. And I was so upset because a lot of my friends were going to one, I was going to the other. But then by the time we all got back around to high school, that was just additional people that I already knew from when I was younger. So you kind of got to know a whole new crop. And then whenever you guys came together in high school, you kind of mixed back in together. Okay, that's kind of neat. Yeah, I think that it's funny too because when I went to college as well, I wanted to go to a school that was 
not the same size as my high school because some colleges are really small. I ended up going to an enormous, I mean, in, as far as state schools go, it was still pretty small. And I ended up transferring after two years to a smaller school again. And I just felt that I'm all about that community and connecting with people and getting to know people. And I think for me, if you go to a lecture hall, for example, and there's 200 other people in the same room as you, you could fall asleep in the back row. Mm -hmm. You could not show up. Nobody's really going to notice. And I feel like that presence and making your presence be known and making your just showing up for yourself and for other people. I think it's so important. And so when you go into a classroom and it's maybe 10 people, someone's going to know that you're not there. It holds you accountable. And it also kind of weaves you into the fabric, into the, into the story of the place essentially. And I think that presence is super important. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and, and something like that too, like you said, if you're in a big class you don't get to know anybody so if you have trouble with the work it's kind of hard to go to your teacher and be like oh you know i'm kind of struggling with this because they have so many other things going on and when you have a smaller class like you said it holds you accountable i always like when we get into groups you can tell people that maybe were more shy and wanted to be part of the group but they didn't so those are the people that like when we got into groups i would be like hey steve you're coming with me like come over here and join our group and then I was such, not a knucklehead, but like, I just like to have fun and I like to have a good time and make people laugh. So I would try to bring them out of it. So by the end, hopefully all the other people in class kind of got to know them through me, you know? So mm -hmm. um, I think inclusion is important in smaller classes because then you, if it's somebody that is struggling with identity and, and struggling with just who they are and, and fitting in, you know, it, college is just kind of an extension of high school sometimes. It's just we change, mm -hmm. you know, we change our personalities and what we value and what is important and stuff. So mm -hmm. I, I love the smaller settings because it gives me an opportunity to know people more intimately um, because I tend to feel like a wallflower if I'm in a big, you kind of just get overwhelmed, so. Do you feel like all of those TV shows and movies, like the Friday night lights, where it's like everybody knows everybody, everybody knows what's going on with everybody. Everyone is showing up to that football game every single week. Does it feel like that sense of community and, and how is it maybe different from something that you see in the movies where everyone in a small town kind of congregates and unifies over something, whether it's football or something else? Yeah, so like in our hometown, sports is big. So football, basketball um, are the bigger sports. It's not like a like a varsity blues type deal where you know in, in Texas, football does rule. Those those are very much just like that. And those big Texas, you know, towns are small, but they'll have stadiums that are hundreds of thousands of dollars because everybody closes businesses to go to the game. Nevada, which is the town that I'm from. Um, it's not as much like that, but they do have a big community where, you know, a lot of the older people will be talking about, oh, you know, did you see the football game Friday? Oh yeah, at, at Jim Harris, he's doing pretty good. Oh yeah, he's Ben Harris, is uh, Grant's, you know, I mean, like a whole lot of that kind of talk and stuff, but um, I'm sure it gets amped up a little bit, you know, for the movies, obviously, you know, you gotta be entertaining, but some of those towns, I'm telling you, that's, if, if you're if you're a stud athlete, you're king. You know they'll pass you right through classes and stuff. Um, so it, it is a big deal, and, and sometimes that's 
kind of the identity of some of these towns. That's all they have to hang their hat on. You know, there may have been a guy that went pro in football, basketball, baseball in 88, and they still talk about it. Oh, yeah, you know. So it's kind of big to them, but some of them are kind of stuck in the past. I think I think your town could be more identified than just by your sports. I think there's a lot of people that do amazing things other than a sport, you know. So sometimes I think that doesn't get celebrated as much. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It is so different where it's like you look up on the walls and there are all these banners from like 1986 mm-hmm. champions of this and that. And it's like it, that was, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, well, then it was 20 years ago. Now that was almost 40 years ago, but that's a different story. Then when I was in high school, it was 20 years ago. And you do, you feel removed from that sense of pride and identity that the school had over that victory. And yeah, I do think it's important that people do have a sense of identity outside of one central thing. I definitely felt like that even just... Yeah, when I went off to school and I wasn't dancing full time anymore, I'm like, oh my God, who, like, who am I? What am I doing if I'm not constantly in community and doing something that I love with people that I love? And then you're like, wait, this whole real world thing, I don't know if I'm yeah. cut out for it. Yeah. I'm not Nicole the dancer anymore. What's going on? You know, people don't even, you know, they meet you, they don't know you're a dancer mm-hmm. unless you tell them or you're wearing a shirt that says, hey, I'm a dancer, you know, stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's interesting over time too how we kind of reconstruct our stories as well. And so for me, I can say, okay, I grew up dancing. I had a career in the fashion industry and now I work in technology. And it's like, you can put yourself into these very neat little boxes, but it's like, I just summed up 30 plus years in five seconds. And I think that that can be very difficult to do because people are so nuanced and what what do we say? I contain multitudes, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Around here, we say we say uh, jack of all trades, master of none. You know? mm. As you were growing up, because you know all the songs that are like, "I got out of my small town." It's like, what's what was really your perception of growing up and what kind of pop culture you were exposed to, and just how that affected like the where you wanted your life to go, basically. Yeah, so, you know, I grew up out in the country helping on my grandparents' farm, hauling hay, um, splitting a lot of wood and stuff. We had wood stoves. That's how we heated the house. Um, So movies for me were a way that I could see, quote, unquote, like how the rest of the world was. You know, because for us, fads, um, music, that kind of stuff that was popular, we only got it on the radio. We didn't. Our small town didn't have a CD store or a tape store. We had Walmart. That was it. Um, and so movies were kind of a way to, to see, like, oh, that's cool. You know, oh, they, they dress like this. Oh, okay, that's supposed to be cool because I, you know, I never had style. I never did any of that stuff. So everything I learned was from magazines and movies. Um, so it was really important that I, you know, when I watched these movies, I was like, oh, maybe I need to kind of be more like that person or be, you know, what you think is cool. And especially if you're like middle school, you're trying to fit in and you see what other people are doing, but you kind of are trying to find your, your own mixture of what that is. You know, I always kind of 
felt like I, I always had friends, but I never felt like the popular person. So I think I always gravitated and wanted to be like that, you know, like the cool person. So um, movies, I was able to not only learn stuff from, but I could kind of disappear in those worlds, you know, for an hour and a half, two hours. You kind of forget all the things that are going on outside of your life. And you kind of just get to be in that world. Also with music, you do the same. Um, there's a song, I think it was by like Everclear. Uh, and it was, I think it was called Wonderful. And, it, and it's talking mm -hmm. about like, you know, everything, you know, kind of. And I used to like that song. And then um, as I got a little bit older, I think, what was it? Three Doors Down had a song, Be Like That. And that mm -hmm. was like a song that I, you know, I remember listening to and being like, oh, I, I bet if I was, whenever I was, if I was been little, when I heard the song, I would have been like, oh, I want to be, you know. I don't know, it's just your view of the world gets skewed through movies because it's not really what it is. I lived in Los Angeles for three years and prior to that, I'd never been to California. So what I thought Hollywood was going to be like was like Beverly Hills because that's what they kind of make mm -hmm. you feel like, oh, you know, the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, it's, oh, it's going to be beautiful and you walk down and it's really dirty and it's not what you see on the movies. So it's kind of a culture shock whenever you show up and that's it's not what you thought it was going to be so that was kind of my first inkling like maybe the movie weren't always portraying everything as realistic as it is yeah and you were in movies also so did you find out that it was not like the movies when you were in a movie yeah so um <laughs> whenever i went to college i was dirt poor um and my girlfriend at the time had said, oh, you know, you should try to get into modeling. And I was like, eh, I don't think so. I don't, I'm not good enough looking for that. I could never do something like that. But I was so poor that I was like, what's the worst they can say? No, I've heard no my whole life. So I ended up going and I got signed to an agency and then it kind of snowballed from there into acting. And with acting, it was just you see it and you think it's so much glitz and glamour, but it's a lot of hurry up and wait in between takes. Like it's not what you think it is. It's a lot of waiting around for lighting, um, you know, getting the sound checks and all that and then go. So it's not as glamorous as, as I thought it was going to be, but that's not why I got into it to begin with. So I wasn't worried about that part. So the waiting around and the long days, those don't bother me because I'm doing it because I love it. And truly that started all because I just love movies. I movies truly um are something that i can watch and get inspired by you know movies like there's a movie called angus i don't know if you ever saw it uh, i didn't my, see it one of my absolute favorite movies in the world is about this this kid named angus and he's in middle school i know he's in high school and he's kind of the guy that doesn't fit in and his arch nemesis is james vanderbeek and james is the um high school quarterback and it's got Ariana Richards in it, which she was in Jurassic Park the, in their first couple. And it's, it's such a good character movie. Kathy Bates plays his mom and it's really just about being yourself. You know, no matter what you look like, where you're from, it has a really good story of just, you know, screw it, like be yourself. And as I've gotten older and started to just be more comfortable in my own skin movies like that are what i kind of reflect back on because i wish i could have been like that through middle school and just said you know what i don't care what you think i just want to be myself and i want to be happy and most people 
aren't like that. You know, you, you look at them and you look at the popular people and you think, oh, they've got it made. But you don't know what's going on behind those eyes. You know, you don't know what's going on in their home life. And, and so I've always tried to just teach that to my nephews and I want to teach it to my kids. Like, just don't be a, a butthead to people. Just be nice. Because at the end of the day, that's what people remember when you leave high school. It's not the prom queen. It's not the quarterback. It's how did you treat people? Because I know I for sure remember those times that somebody went out of their way and helped me and it was nice to me. I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. So um, I really think that movies give the opportunity for people to connect in that way. And they kind of show people like me from a small town, hey, it's okay to be a wallflower. Why do you want to be like everybody else? That's boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, my favorite book in high school. So there used to be this like before school club as opposed to an after school club. And it was, I think it was called books and bagels where like we would, it was just that we would have, it was a book club before school and we would eat bagels and (laughs) sold like I'm there. And I remember that maybe hmm, my sophomore or junior year of high school, I read, the perks of being a wallflower mm-hmm. and you just saying wallflower reminded me of that. And I am not a wallflower. I'm like as extroverted as you can get. And so reading that book, I think for me, it was less about, Oh, the main character who is a wallflower resonates with me, but it's just more so of like, you know, there's a lot of reference to music in the book and I love music. And this book was set in like 1991. And so even just being able to set a scene of somewhere that I was alive for, but I don't really remember, um, firsthand. And so being able to paint that picture and using music as a tool to connect and just as like a portal to feel as well. I think that the main character being highly I guess emotional was something that really resonated with me. And again, it's like, I have to keep reading this book to be like, what is it about this book that I read it? And I just had never read anything like that before. Okay. I want to play a game rent or return. So rent is like, okay, I like this movie. Let's get it. Just like if you were at Blockbuster and you had to pick it, that's the one you would pick or return. You're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. We can leave this one. And so, like I mentioned earlier, these are all going to be nineties movies that are set in the Southern U S. Okay. Rent or return dazed and confused. Definitely rent. Um, I always thought that movie was hilarious. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is pretty good in it. Uh, there's a lot of up and comers. Amelia Jovenich was in that movie. Uh, there's a couple other really big, but yeah, uh, definitely, definitely right. Okay. The water boy. Definitely. Right. I, I remember, I haven't seen it here recently, but I remember when that movie did come out, like it was, you know, I love Adam Sandler. I think his newest movie, uh, that he has hustle on, on Netflix is, is amazing. But some of those movies, I don't know if I would think it is as funny now, you know, like, like Billy Madison. It's a lot of slapstick teenage kind of make you laugh. But Waterboy was one of those movies I feel like could be a timeless classic. Varsity Blues. 
I absolutely rent that. I remember when that trailer hit, I was in uh, my fresh, it would have been, I think my freshman computer class. <clears throat> and I remember I would always get on this one website that always had movie trailers. And that trailer was just so good. So, like the music and it was, oh my gosh, it was just, that, that, that was a good movie. That all around good movie, good soundtrack. Definitely. Okay, Forrest Gump. I love Forrest Gump. Um, I thought that Robert Zemeckis did a really good job with that. I didn't like that the relationship between Jane and Forrest, like she just kept dumping on him until the end when she was sick, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I want you. But outside of that, like it was a really good movie. Like I, I definitely, I had it on VHS for sure. Yeah, I love the idea of the fact that he was in so many places that completely defined history and it's like okay yes at the time especially it would have been completely implausible if not completely impossible to actually be present at all of those history defining events but I think it's really interesting if we're going to examine it through a contemporary lens that now with social media it's almost like we all are experiencing all of these events together at the same time like it's not like you would have to read it in a newspaper whenever you got the newspaper you get all of the news Mm -hmm. from some of the same sources at the same time so it is like we have a collective memory and identity in addition to our individual ones too even for him like it was just like this little stuff like whenever he's running and the mud splashes and he wipes his face and it's a smiley face and it says, I think it was going to say the S word, but it just said, he just says it happens, but that shirt was really popular and, and it was bumper stickers that said, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know if you cuss on here, but like the, it with the S, you know, whatever that was popular. So it just something so small that it's like, Oh yeah, of course that was Forrest Gump that did that. You know? I have another Tom Hanks one for you. The green mile. I'm a big Stephen King fan, so I would definitely rank that one. Uh, I thought that was a really good movie. Uh, what was uh, the general, who, who played the, uh, the main guy? Um, he's passed on now. He was also in Armageddon. I don't know why I can't think of his name, but he was, that was his first movie I think that he did. And I think before that he was a bodyguard for Will Smith or Bruce Willis or something wow. like that. So he was, he was just such a good actor. He's passed on now, but that movie just had Sam Rockwell. Sam Sam Rockwell was one of the the the, the guys that was the bad guard that <clears throat> that killed the one guy's little mouse. So it's just every it, those movies are just so their their characters are so flushed out. And some people don't like Stephen King movies, but I always liked him because they they the characters seemed to have more of a story. It wasn't just it, it could have been just the janitor, but he had some kind of a story. He felt like he was a character in the big picture. It wasn't just a filler. So mm-hmm. I, that's what I kind of liked about those. Interview with a vampire. That was a good movie. That also had Tom Cruise in it, if I remember right. Yep. I haven't seen it since I was younger. I, I've wanted to go back and watch it and see what I thought of it as an adult. I remember as a kid, it was pretty scary. Um, but as a kid, I loved scary stuff as well. You know, like it, Puppet Masters. I don't know if you ever watched any of the Puppet Master movies. 
Never. Oh <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> I'm still scared of things now. I was terrified of anything scary when I was little. There was a, and I'm not even going to say the name because God forbid anyone's like, ha ha, here's the picture of it. No, there was a movie poster of a movie that came out when I was eight. And you know, when you go into the movie theater and they would put like the giant posters up and there was a giant poster of this horror movie. And I was so scared. I cried like in the middle of the lobby. Just, I don't. I don't know, but scary movies and scary movie covers always like terrorized me. What was it about the cover? Was it like a scary person or? Yeah, like any kind of, yeah, any kind of scary thing. So like a vamp, maybe not a vampire, but like a ghost, a demon. I especially don't like dolls and like, you know, it was so funny. I went to a vintage market the other day and there was, uh, there were dolls for sale and it was like, dolls five dollars but they'll haunt you for free and i'm like ah! <laughs> like that's yeah. <laughs> right i'm like that's funny but also like my worst nightmare yeah. so i will not be purchasing any dolls from this flea market so you're not going to go to the uh what is it ed and Lor lorraine warren's uh Haunted museum or whatever where they have like the annabelle doll that was actually like a raggedy handle. Yeah, the whole like Annabelle and and like also possessed children. Because especially when you're a kid too, you're like, oh my god, that's scary. Um, but yeah, even yeah, really, just and even the scream cover, even just like with the girl, just anyone invisible shock, pain, or terror. I don't know. I'm just. I'm an empath. I think when I see other people that look like they're in distress, it makes me distressed. And when you're a kid, like. I don't have the emotional toolkit for that, you know? Well, I mean, and as a kid laying in bed and it's completely dark and you have your imagination, there is there was nothing scarier than if one of your posters fell off the wall. Like you would instantly like almost <laughs> see your pants. Like, what, the, what was that like? That, that was a terrifying thought because you didn't just think about it as like, oh, that's a poster that fell. I'm thinking, okay, there's a ghost in here. Candyman's here. What's going on? Is, you know, Chucky coming down from the ceiling or what? What's going on? Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. My last runner return for you is fried green tomatoes. I absolutely love that movie. I love that movie. I own it on DVD. <clears throat> um, I actually have never seen it until about a year and a half ago. And, I've never seen it. Oh I God. should watch it though. Oh my God. If you, if we lived close, I would just let you borrow my DVD. You it, would it, drive it over absolutely. right now. Yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> So it's so good. It has such a good story to it. And I love going back and watching those older 90s movies. Um, because one, I love seeing the original settings of stuff. Like I, love, I get excited if I see like a bag of Doritos or a, a, a bottle of, of Pepsi and it's got the old logo on it. Like I'm always like, oh, I remember that. Like it's so much fun. It kind of kind of makes me relive some of my own memories because I'll see things like, oh, I remember when we used to have those, po had that poster on my wall or, or stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely rent. I may even see if I can talk to them to let me buy it. That's awesome. You run a nostalgia IG account. Yeah. It's, um, all period things, period 1990s. And, you know, I, I started it, like I said, because Anytime I would see posts about stuff, 
it would instantly bring back memories. And it was, it was memories that I had forgotten about. And it's kind of like going through your closet and you're finding old shirts. Like, Oh my God, I love this shirt. I didn't know I still had this shirt, you know? <clears throat> so it was really, it's, it was for me. And then all of a sudden I started noticing other people, like when people comment, like, Oh my God, I completely forgot about, and then they share their own memory. I love that stuff like that. That makes my day. I've really, it's been really cool getting to connect with other people that think like I do and enjoy the same stuff. It's, it's really, really neat because I think, I think it's the best decade, but that's me. Yeah. I really love that too. The fact that everybody can come together, feel like a part of something, share their own memories. And especially in the 1990s when we still had that monoculture where we were all watching the same movies, all of the same albums were released. So then now when we look back on it, despite there being a little bit of this hyper fragmentation due to social media and personalized algorithms and people being able to kind of almost be in an echo chamber of their own interests. You know, if you watch one video about plants, you're going to get a bunch of videos about plants and someone who didn't watch that first video might see something completely different, even if you're on the same app. And so I think that we might be reaching a breaking point there, just looking forward to the future of technology. I do think that human nature wise, people do want to feel some kind of sense of community and connection. And so I think that's why nostalgia is really, really resonating with people right now is because it does give them that shared sense of belonging, that inclusion, no matter what technology enabled experiences exist out there. I think that's what people really want. Well, and it's, it's kind of neat because you could have been the most popular kid in high school and this person could have been the least popular, but you guys come together and you find this common ground and all of a sudden you guys become friends when it's maybe somebody you would have never taken the time to talk to or didn't think you had anything in common with. Um, it really kind of can just bring people from all walks of life together because you have the same common interest. And it's not like, oh, well, you're from there. You don't know what this is like. Well, it's, it's a song. So we both heard the same song and could have had the same experience, but then world apart. Nostalgia. It really inspires kind of this empathy too for other people and this kindness where okay maybe we listen to this song this is how i interpreted it this is how you interpreted it and wow it was actually really interesting hearing your perspective or your point of view and based on things that you've been through this is how it resonated and vice versa and so i think that anything whether it's i think a song is a great example of something that really makes people feel for one another or, oh, you like that Taylor Swift song? Oh my God, I do too. And you immediately feel this connection to someone. And I think that any way that we can foster that belonging, inclusion, the empathy, the kindness, all of those amazing things that that's really the light side of pop culture, you know, like the, the sunny side that it brings. I'm always up for more of it. Thank you so, so much for being here with me today. I had a blast. I did too. It was an absolute pleasure. Like I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me and, and for doing this. I, I started the nostalgia stuff because it helps me to relive a lot of my best memories in life. And my dad has passed on. So it helps me to connect with those memories when he was still around. So it's kind of like 
through those memories, I still get, he's still here with me. And so I've listened to, to your episodes and it, it will bring more nostalgia out for me. You know, I was listening to one of the episodes, you guys were talking about Willa Ford. So I remember mm-hmm. when that I Want to Be Bad song came out and it, that was my jam. Like, listen, this is my song. All of my buddies made fun of me. I distinctly, when you started talking about that, remember back to a time whenever me and my buddy were going to his house and we pulled right pulled up to his house and the song just came on. And I made him sit out in the car with me on the radio and listen to the whole song before we went in. And he never lets me live that down. You know, anytime we were around a big group of our buddies, that was the joke that, oh, I'm a big Willow Ford fan. And, you know, it was just a good song. You know, I can't help it. I have good taste in music. It's not my fault. You do have an amazing taste in music. Thanks again for being here. And thank you everyone for listening. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Bye. That's a wrap for this week. If you like Nostalgia, please connect with me on social. Subscribe to the Nostalgia newsletter at nostalgia.substack.com and follow, rate, review on your platform of choice. Everything's linked in the show notes, including where to find more about our guest of the week. Thank you so, so much for your support. And that was this week's episode of Nostalgia. 